Welcome to The Frontline with FPM, where we talk about California politics, homeschool freedom, parental rights, and the family. I'm your host, Nathan Pierce, and thanks for joining us today. Let's jump right in and see what's going on here on The Frontline. Hi, friends. Uh, We are going to give a little bit of a legislative update uh, today, as well as talk a little bit about the issue of praying for our leaders. I mentioned this briefly last time. but we'll talk about it a little bit more later on here. Um, I'm going to get started by saying that we are pretty swamped in a bunch of legislation uh, right now. Some that um, we are analyzing um, the first version of the bill still, and then others that um, some of the legislation has already been either completely erased and rewritten from the ground up, uh, some with a lot of new content uh, and new ideas. Um, other bills, uh, we were in the middle of evaluating some, and they have been added to in significant ways. So um, this is typical for this time of year, uh, so we'd appreciate your prayers. Um, and I wanted to, as we get into specifics, just um, share with you a couple of verses from Psalms. In Psalm uh, 44, starting in verse 6. The writer uh, says that uh, I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all day long and praise thy name forever. I think it's important for us to remember that when we are dealing with uh, anything that is a challenge around us, that we remember that God is our God forever and that he is faithful in every circumstance and that there is nothing outside of uh, things that he cares about, nor is there anything outside of his control. So we need to remember these things as we deal with legislation that um, while we are involved in it, that we care about these things, we not forget God in the midst of it, that we cry out to him for help, Um, and that we cry out to him for courage um, to do what's right as well as encouragement in the battle. So with that said, I want to get into a couple of of things. The first is I want to talk briefly about um, uh, just the overall picture. Um, We're tracking um, somewhere upwards of about uh, 80 bills of concern to us that we're watching. Um, and then we are uh, actively working on with author's office staff um, uh, about 20 bills right now. Um, some bills uh, we have had success on already, um, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, we have one bill that we were working on behind the scenes, um, which was in the drafting stage, um, never went across the desk, wasn't introduced, and we were able to resolve the issues um, that the author was was looking at uh, behind the scenes. So I'm really thankful for that. Um, And then uh, some other bills that we are currently active on kind of behind the scenes. And um, I would ask that you would pray for us on those. There's two specific bills that we're trying to deal with behind the scenes that I'm hopeful uh, that we are going to be successful on. It seems like a positive outcome um, is 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 coming, but it's not there yet. So I would appreciate your prayers 
for those two bills um, that we're working on that way and hopefully we'll be able to report on that soon. Um, additionally, I wanted to give you some examples of some bills that, that we have seen that don't specifically address homeschooling, but they do address the family. And as we work on uh, issues that impact families, homeschool families, uh, families that, that want to do the right thing in raising their children, we, um, we are seeing the family as God designed it under attack on all sides. And this is something that's not new to us, it's not new to you. Um, we live in the world, and the world is full of, um, of accusations against God and his designs. Um, but there's also direct attacks on the family. And some of them are easier to spot than others. Some of them are more subtle. Some of them are very gradual. And um, so a couple of bills that we're looking at today um, that, uh, that we've been talking with authors, staff about, and um, I'm not sure what the outcome of these bills is going to be, but I wanted you to understand that they are there because they are showing us the direction of our culture and specifically the legislature, um, particular legislators. Um, AB 223 by Ward is um, a bill that um, would seal under file any changes made to a minor's gender or sex identifier on official documents. So you know that um, every, everyone has documents that shows what their gender is. Um, and when you enroll in school somewhere, when you join a sports team, it's clearly indicated in various places what your gender is. And um, these, this bill would, would make those documents where your official gender is actually documented, um, your, your gender at birth, um, it would seal that information and uh, nobody would be able to access it. Uh, these uh, changes, the changes themselves, require parental consent, but would be inaccessible to any other members of the public to verify the gender of a minor. So you might see this as a problem in, in, the, in the arena of um, maybe sports teams, some various extracurricular activity where you typically have one gender on a team or in a group of people. Um, and so there could be people of mixed gender without somebody, without you really knowing and um, I think this this pushes this is a specific detail in that arena, but it's it's something that shows you the direction that our state is going, and it's not a good direction, and it's something that we need to be very um, very aware that this is happening, and um, and get involved. Um, this bill AB two two three goes in the wrong direction, and it goes against God's design for the family and for you know the authority structure and for in the family as well as just being able to uh, stand and see a gender that is um, stable that is something you can rely on is is reliable so um, so that's AB 223 um, I think I'll next go to um, this uh, AB 665, which is uh, Carrillo uh, Minors Consent to Mental Health Services. Um, 
This bill would require professionals dealing with the treatment or counseling of the minor to consult with the minor before involving the parent or guardian. The bill would provide any minor 12 or older to consent to care without the parent's foreknowledge. Existing law does authorize a minor 12 and older to receive mental health services under specified conditions. It's very specific and narrow, but this um, bill would amend section 6924 of the Family Code. Um, it would change from whom, what kind of, and where a minor can receive mental health services. The amendment removes the section allowing a counselor to go to the parents before consulting with the child first. So it cuts the parents out of the decision-making process here and out of the, um, out of the, the, the counseling process um, and, and decision for treatment. And it kind of dovetails into another bill. Um, this one here is, is AB665 that, that allows minors to consent to mental health services. But there's another bill, um, AB816, and AB816 deals specifically with um, a particular treatment used in um, people that have uh, drug addiction issues. And this bill, uh, AB 816 by Haney, would authorize a minor who is 16 years old or older con to consent to the replacement narcotic abuse treatment that uses buprenorphine without the parent or guardian's consent. So they can access, not only can they, they get... Um, uh, somebody to talk with them about this issue uh, and and proposing these drugs, but they can actually get access to this treatment without their parents' knowledge or consent. So that's, um, that's very disturbing. Um, as parents, we want to be engaged with our kids and we want to be uh, understanding what's going on with them. And it's even uh, dangerous medically to be unaware of a treatment program that your child is going through. Um, and to have this kind of be the situation. Now, hopefully none of us would be in the situation where a child would go to someone else. But it's not good to have our society set up so that somebody else is in a place of uh, providing treatment and care for our child without our knowledge and keeping that from us. So... Um, so it's not safe for kids, um, and it's not good for the family structure as a whole. It's undermining the, the very uh, structure of the family in, in our state. So um, in this AB 816, um, existing law uh, allows 12 and older to consent to medical treatment and counseling for drug or alcohol-related problems, but this bill, um, it doesn't change... Um, certain certain code sections related to that, but it does um, amend uh, the the law as currently written to allow um, 16 year olds and older to consent to this particular treatment um, that uh, that is dangerous for kids to just have access to this without their parents' knowledge. So. Um, these are these are a couple of, of bills that would impact uh, the family structure, and I think it's important that we be aware of them. And if um, if if they continue to move through the legislature, I think we need to be ready to to jump into action to to oppose these and to make sure that um, our voice gets heard on these bills um, to defend the family. Um,
recognizing that that in our state, our 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 legislature, not every legislator, not every legislator is out to get you. Um, it's important to recognize that uh, that many of them do have uh, a, a strong uh, tendency to push legislation that goes against the traditional family structure, the the biblical family structure, and to undermine that by putting government in between parents and children, and um, to devalue not only um, not only the family itself and the relationship between a parent and child, but also to devalue human life itself. I mean, there's a number of bills related to that that um, we're not going to go into today, but it's really important for us to acknowledge that the author of the family, the traditional family, is God, and he doesn't change. So the definition of family as God's concerned, that doesn't change. And so what these legislators are actually up against is they're up against facing um, a, a challenge. They are challenging God's design. They are challenging God himself and saying, your way is not right. It's not good. And so they're pre presenting another way, uh, another definition of family, another uh, uh, proposal for how relationships should be with children. And it's, um, it's kind of a scary thing uh, to realize what they're doing, but it's also a comfort to know to, to families that God's not going to change his view on the family because of something that the legislature is doing. God is faithful and true, and his word will endure forever. And so his design of the family and what we see that he has laid out in scripture for the family is going to last forever. It's not going to change because the legislature changes. Now, it's also true that um, ultimately uh, redefining the family is not going to win out in the end. Now, there may be a time, a time period, where God's design for the family is pulled down and drug through the mud, is, is um, attacked and, um, and continually uh, made to to submit in in the in the in the minds of of legislators uh, to the government, um, and they might like to say that they're in control over the family, but ultimately we know that God God will win out in the end. And even though it may look like things are bad for a time, and 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 it is a terrible thing to see wickedness in our world around us. But ultimately, what we know to be true is that God is faithful and that he will deliver us from evil. And he's already working behind the scenes on these things. And he's already working in the lives and the hearts and the minds of legislators even that we don't know about. And another element to this is that the most important thing for each of us is is ultimately the gospel. We need to know the truth. And so um, our relationship to God is the most important thing. And as we pursue legislation, uh, going up and speaking out against the wickedness of some pieces of legislation, we need to also recognize that the people that wrote that legislation need the gospel as much as we do. So 
um, that kind of brings us back to the discussion that we had about praying for our leaders. And um, a couple of years ago, I did a interview with a friend of mine, uh, Frank Erb, who is uh, a minister to uh, folks at the Capitol. And I really appreciate the fact that um, Frank uh, talks about legislators in general as, um, as people, people that you and I can relate to. Um, they're people that, uh, that have struggles, they're people that um, have successes, and they're people that need God. And so we need to pray for them first for their salvation, but also for wisdom in their work. We need to pray for them for uh, faithfulness in uh, being uh, taking care of their own families. Uh, and we need to also be praying for them that they wouldn't uh, succumb to various temptations that are in the world that, that apply to all of us, but really um, can, can be much more uh, challenging to overcome. This temptations can be stronger for those in, in powerful places. So we need to be praying for our leaders that they would, um, that they would have wisdom and that uh, God would use them for good. So um, we will be uh, starting uh, probably next week, including in our updates, a segment on prayer uh, with, with Mr. Uh, Mr. Frank Erb. And um, so I hope that uh, you will look forward to that as will I, but also um, be in the meantime, continuing to be faithful in prayer for, uh, for us as we look at legislation, be faithful in prayer for uh, the specific work that we're doing on these bills, that uh, we would find anything in, in new bills that, um, that we need to find, that we can take action on, but also be praying for our leaders that we would be um, able to, uh, to, to reach them with the gospel, that we would be um, also uh, just continuing to pray for wisdom for them in the world that they live in as they need it um, just as much as we do. So thanks uh, for, for listening and for your encouragement uh, in letters and calls. I really appreciate uh, your notes of encouragement to us, uh, to letting us know that you're praying for us. That's such a blessing to us here. Um, and as we go through these legislative um, issues and the cycle where we're really busy right now and we're going into a season of a lot of hearings over the next few weeks, um, continue to pray for us. We really appreciate that. And uh, that's it for now. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Frontline with FPM. For more information about the topics we discuss here, check out Family Protection Ministries at fpmca.org and subscribe to our channel.